Good morning, Supers. Sorry, we uh, started off five minutes late here. I hope you're having an amazing day. I have uh, eight articles to talk about today, plus uh, some news uh, on Shark Tank that will uh, I will talk about, if I remember, to at the end, because uh, we have a video coming out. Uh, talking about season 13, episode one, which premieres tomorrow night. Uh, really excited about that. All four pitches will be here on the Super Joe Pardo channel after they air. So we have an Evergrande update. We have Twitch had a major hack and data leak. Crazy, crazy. If you have, if you use Twitch, go change your password. Uh, DC area hotels projected to lose 2.3 billion in 20. 21 uh gm says it will double its annual revenue by 2030 that seems uh that seems uh overly uh enthusiastically positive uh hollywood shift to streaming is making some workers regret getting into the industry kroger hiring 20,000 associates ahead of the holiday season rush uh, and Asia's richest man to launch 7-Eleven uh, in India. I'm actually surprised. I, I kind of assumed 7-Eleven existed in India. It's already in a bunch of other countries. And I need you to think about pulling a George Costanza and do the opposite. That'll be our last article for today. So let me get my screen shared up here. Evergrande are creditors of Evergrande linked bond yet or link. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's let me start that over. Creditors of Evergrande linked bond yet to be paid. Uh, holders of a dollar bond guaranteed by China Evergrande Group and one of the its units are yet to receive repayment on maturity. Bloomberg News reported on Thursday citing people with knowledge of the situation. Jumbo Fortune Enterprises, a joint venture whose owners include Evergrande's main onshore unit, issued the bond at an, at an initial amount of $260 million, according to the report. Some bondholders did not receive the payment that matured on October 3rd. As of Thursday in Hong Kong, the news agency said a non-payment of the bond's principal may constitute a fall or constitute a default as the note has no grace period although five business days would be allowed if the failure to pay were due to administrative or technical error the bloomberg report said evergrande did not immediately respond to reuters uh request for comment once china's top selling property group evergrande is facing one of the country's largest ever defaults as it struggles with more then $300 million in debt. Its fate is also unsettling global markets wary uh, about the fallout of one of China's biggest borrowers toppling. Uh, and as of today, I believe uh, it is still uh, frozen. Yeah, September 30th. So it's, it's, it's still halted. So 
so maybe, maybe, just maybe, they're able to pay back this bond. I hope that would be awesome uh, for all parties and people who uh, are, are need us, you know, or are reliant on Evergrande to do, you know, at least do what they're supposed to do, not even necessarily do well. Uh, but hopefully that is the case. Um and hopefully it's just a technical error or glitch or something that's preventing the repayment of said bond. So that is the Evergrande update for today. That's 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 all I got for for right now. We'll, we will stay uh, in tune with what's going on and track this as it continues. The multi-million dollar payouts of Twitch's top 100 streamers leaked. Here's how much your favorite creator is reportedly making. Uh, Amazon Twitch was hacked, which resulted in a major data breach. A list of of the highest paid channels and how much they were paid was reportedly included in the hack. A channel operated by voice actors took the top spot with just shy of $10 million in earnings across the last two years. That is pretty ding-ding. Good for them, uh, but not good for Twitch because their data, it wasn't just the, like, oh, this is how much this Twitch person's making, you know, this streamer's making, this uh, streamer's making. No, it is actually the entire source code for the website. So, um, they, it's like a 120 gigabyte file, I think it was, or a hundred and 125 gigabyte file of data pulled from the hack was circulating once it went up on the message board for Chan, uh, as the content circulated on Wednesday, people began highlighting choice details from the data, such as the highest paid Twitch channels. Uh, so it, it's, uh, the top, let me show, pull it up here. The top channel critical role between August 2019 and October 2021 made $9.6 million. Of course, that's before any exclusivity deals that they might have to stay um, on, you know, on the channel uh, and not go somewhere else. Uh and even Shroud, there you go. Shroud's a name. At least, even I know that name. Uh, two, just over two million dollars pulling in over the course of two years. So I, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, how much is getting paid out to these these creators? And it is um, dis- disturbing that somebody was able to pull that much data, uh, including the whole, like the whole of Twitch, everything that makes Twitch run uh down and upload it uh as a as a torrent and for people to to dissect it uh and if you haven't changed your password yet to twitch you uh should definitely go do i was i did that uh earlier this morning dc uh, dc area hotels projected to lose 2.3 billion in business travel revenue in 2021 uh, the D.C.-based American Hotel and Lodging Association estimates the hotels in the region will lose $2.36 billion in tra- business travel revenue for all of 2021, down 86.5% from 2019 levels, and an even bigger loss of business travel revenue seen in 2020. 
Hotels in the district alone will likely lose more than $1.2 billion in revenue from lost business travel bookings this year, the association said. Hotels in Virginia and Maryland are projected to lose $1.5 billion and $891 million, respectively. It will likely be years before the business travel comes back. The association currently estimates travel, uh, business travel revenue for hotels won't return to pre-pandemic levels until 2024. Business travel bookings are the largest source of revenue for the hotels. The lack of business travel and events at DC hotels continues to have a significant significant repercussions uh, for unemployment in the district alone. The number of hotel jobs is seven thousand below pre-pandemic levels. Maryland hotels also currently employ seven thousand fewer people compared to the pre-pandemic. Employment uh, levels in Virginia, the deficit is 12,500. Uh, there's nothing, nothing else here. So, uh, yeah, businesses are not getting together like they were uh, for for events and and things like that. I know in my event, uh, Inde- uh, Independent Podcast Conference, we did not host our event uh, in person this, last year or this year. Uh, in September, we're hopeful that we will host it in 2022. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm I'm hopeful. I got my fingers crossed. We have the the date booked, and we are very much uh, working towards making sure that we have uh, everything in play for people to to join us um, in person. And hopefully, you know, this will all get squashed and people will get back to travel and business will start to to pick up and they'll be able to uh, hire the people needed, um, you know, uh, for those for those hotels and and the uh, industry, the uh, hospitality industry as a whole will start to get back on track. I think 2024 sounds uh optimistic to say the least i think that the the effects uh on the economy will really start to be seen over, over the you know as inflation continues and things play out over the next year uh into tw- you know going into 2023 we'll start to see like if there is a good opportunity for these conferences and things to come back i know everybody wants to get back to them uh, I know I would love to get back to them on a in a big way. I, I miss seeing people and and interacting and things like that. But um, you know, it's just a matter. It's a matter of uh, if everybody feels safe to do so, right? Like, there's lots of people that do feel safe, and there are conferences going on and there are events going on, but not necessarily enough people uh, feel that way consistently, uh, and to make a um, judgment months in advance to book a hotel to to make sure that all that can um, can can happen you know in a timely manner. GM says it will double annual revenue by 2030 to 280 billion in digital push. To be seen more like Tesla, you know it's it's really funny that uh, you know the the giants, uh, the, auto, the giant automakers, GM and Ford, all you know point and they they try to you know poke fun at Tesla and poke holes in Tesla, but uh, here here GM is saying, oh yeah, no, we we want to be more like Tesla, yeah, we we want a, a big piece 
of that pie. Uh, General Motors plans to double its annual revenues and grow profit margins by the end of this decade. The automaker announced the new target uh, revenue target along with fatter projected operating profit margins of 12 to 14% on Wednesday. The company is kicking off the first of a two-day investor meeting where it will detail exactly how the company plans to hit those targets. So uh, I'm guessing they're planning on hiring some uh, you know, program more programming engineers to enable you know to do these things. The scary thing about this is, uh, look, I I like Tesla. I I at some point will own a Tesla in the not too distant future. But but the issue that I take with the some of the model that that Tesla provides is that you have to you know you buy the car. It comes with all the same standard features built into the car that like the higher end model gets but you have to unlock it with an through the app in your phone which is kind of cool but it's also kind of not i think it was bmw that uh tested the idea that like you could have heated seats if you're willing to download the app and pay for it uh in the app to unlock it in your car and it's like i don't know that we want to get to i don't know if we want to get there to piecemeal out everything you know what tesla offers as a as a uh in addition it's like oh you want more performance okay here you go press the button you got more performance you want uh self-driving boom press the button it enables it in your car these are in addition you know these are above and beyond like heated seats in a bmw (laughs) Uh, unless you know bmw is trying to get the price point of their cars down to a certain point like hey bmw wants to produce a $23,000 $23,000 car and compete with the Model 3. Cool. Are heated, ha, you know, having to unlock your heated seats, is that the way? Is that really the message that you want to send about the ultimate driving machine? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that that's the, the, a, a good long term play. I think it leaves a bad taste in your customer's mouth uh, and, and, and a bad experience in general. So, yeah, I don't I don't know that that's the way and I don't know that GM uh has maybe figured, you know, I'm hoping that they aren't just looking at the numbers and saying, "Oh yeah, we can make all this money if we, you know, decide to start locking things down and add, you know, add things uh to it." Let's see. The two-day investor meeting including the product test drives on Thursday is meant to be provide a clear strategy to persuade investors to value the company more like a technology startup such as Tesla which is valued at more than 750 billion dollars compared to 79 billion for GM. I mean this is also the company that just until the other day, you know, a few days ago, wasn't buying their chips uh direct. They were buying it through a third party. So they have a long way to go uh, in in get in getting there. I mean, I own uh, my current electric vehicle is a Chevy Bolt uh, for now, and you know, sixty five percent, seventy percent of that car is actually made by LG. So you know, I, that doesn't see that doesn't instill confidence that in eight years they're going to be able to turn you know turn this all around that quickly uh, and become a technology startup and i throw that in air quotes for the people listening to the podcast 
Uh, da, 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 there's a bunch of numbers here. Automakers in the process of investing $35 billion in electric and autonomous vehicles through 2025 as it aims to become an all-electric automaker by 2035. Uh, I think that that's a you know the potentials there for it to be an auto uh, an all electric by 2035. If they start today and they actually start producing their own batteries instead of relying on companies like LG to make every single battery uh, that they are putting into their vehicles, uh, and and they have GM has its own cultural issues with the idea that uh you know their dealerships are set up to make money through service and electric vehicles have uh, a substantial lot less of problems uh with their cars and regular maintenance that you know almost no regular maintenance is occurring so they're not come those cars are not coming into the shop and producing for those dealerships so uh, I've you know read plenty of stories. I have friends that have had experiences where those GM you know Chevy dealerships were like, yeah, we're not really that interested in helping you uh, with with whatever you have because you're not you're not helping us you know stay in, stay in business. So it'll be interesting to see if they can actually come through on this. I you know I I like tracking uh, GM and we'll continue to track GM. Uh, going going forward here and seeing how they are able to navigate this new future of of technology uh, breakthroughs and and I don't know that battery is the end all be all like is the ultimate goal here uh, but it's the next to me it's the next short term goal for for vehicles uh, is is batteries. Hollywood's shift to streaming is making some workers regret getting into the industry. We shouldn't be begging for lunch breaks, uh, said one specialty costume manufacturer who has worked in the industry for a decade. A decade seems like a really short time in the film industry. But, but yeah, I mean, it's a long time in most – it's a long time, but it's just, yeah, not super long. Um what I wanted to point out here was that where's the ninety uh, more than ninety eight percent of the sixty thousand workers in the union voted to authorize a strike if an agreement can't be reached uh, with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers or AMPTP, which represents the industry's production companies. Uh, it would be the first nationwide strike uh, in the union's one hundred and twenty eight year history. So the 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 thing is is they have worked crazy hours to pump out this incredible content that uh now that we have streaming it's like it seems like every TV show wants to become the next you know to have like hey we're going to make this TV show and we're going to give it a film quality to this TV show and we're but we're only going to work on like an eighth of the budget or like of you know a quarter of the budget that we would have if we were doing a TV show or to doing a movie sorry and that uh that is a problem so one of the one of the people and I, I don't see the quote here for some reason that I saw this morning where uh one I believe lady was talking about the fact oh here you go uh she worked on the fran- she were uh, scar scarnati scarnati uh, has, who's worked on the franchises like The Hunger Games, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Captain America, said she recently worked 21 days in a row where the shortest day was 12 hours, 
most days were 14 and the longest day was 19 hours. Um, so the amount, the pace that, the, that these um, entertainment giants are trying to produce content for their streaming is, is at a breakneck speed because, you, you, you know, it's, the streaming never ends. Um, you know, people don't, there's no such thing as a rerun. So you're always behind the eight ball and trying to create new content, kind of like here on, on YouTube. And, but, but the production value, it's not like the production value has shrunk. The production value has actually gone up. Cause it's like, Oh, cause we want people to subscribe to this, um, you know, to our services and pay more money for, you know, it's like, Hey, you got cable and you got the, this, you know, all these different subscriptions, uh, to pay for, and we want to be able to justify that, kind of like how HBO has done it. But the thing about HBO is, you know, they produce like one or two series, three series, four series, um, high quality series, maybe in a year, <laughs> you know, versus like, hey, we have 52 weeks in a year and we want to make sure people stay subscribed. So we can't have just low quality, you know, talking head content. We got to have the best, you know, the best and, and reruns don't exist. So, you know, content gets old fast. It's it's uh, the old adage of like the Internet is a giant black hole. And it's like I created this piece of content. It took, you know, a million man hours to, to produce and it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to throw it into the black hole and like, cool, that's awesome. We love it. What else you got? <laughs> because it's we're moving on now. What's the next? What's the next thing? And. I, you know, I, I would hate to see them fall into a, uh, a strike, uh, kind of like, you know, reminiscent of the, the writer's strike just a handful of years ago and basically making everything, you know, everything coming to a, to a standstill while they figure out they need more, you know, they need more people to, to produce these things, but they need high level skilled people to produce these things. And there's only so many of those people. So it's. It's uh it, it it's a it's daunting at best uh was it da- daunting at best and uh, catastrophic at worst for these these uh, companies you know the NBCs the you know Universals the uh, ABCs and all all those companies to have this this strike potentially happen because they just are are stretching themselves too thin for this high quality movie like content. And I guess I could throw Apple Plus into that into that mix, but yeah, we'll, we'll I'm going to track this and uh, we'll see see where this where this goes over the the coming coming weeks. Kroger hiring twenty thousand associates ahead of the holiday season rush. Kroger is hosting a virtual and in person hiring event on October thirteenth. I'd be very curious to see how many people actually show up for this. Uh, Kroger is looking to fill 20,000 positions uh, across the nation in an effort to prepare for the holiday season, even as widespread labor shortages continue. In order to do so, the nation's largest grocery chain is hosting. I didn't know Kroger was the largest. Uh, We don't even think we have a Kroger around here in the in the Philly area is hosting a hybrid hiring event on October 13th, uh, where you will try and fill uh, where it will try and fill retail e-commerce manufacturing, supply chain, merchandising, logistics, corporate and pharmacy, uh, and healthcare roles. Wow, that seems like a tall order to be trying to trying to fill all that in. But uh, the move will help the uh, company, which serves over 11 million customers every day across dozens of brands, prepare for the upcoming season 
uh, where customers are planning to return to larger uh, larger family gatherings and celebrations. Says the senior vice president and chief people officer, uh, Tim Mesa Massa. Uh, however, in order to attract applicants amid widespread labor shortages, the company touted that it is offering a culture of opportunity and career with purpose, competitive pay and benefits and flexible schedules. Wow, that's a lot of things to be offering there. The company says it's investing an additional $350 million in 2021 in its associates. This includes increasing the average uh, hourly wage to more than $16 an hour across the, the nation. And when coupled with benefits, total compensation is more than $21 an hour. The company isn't alone in its mad dash to hire a slew of workers ahead of what's projected for this, this season. Uh, Amazon is is seeking to hire 125,000 additional employees nationwide. Target and Walmart are looking to boost their workforce by 100 to and 150,000 respectively. That um, look, it's it's not easy to find good help. It's uh, it's even harder to find great help. And you know, increasing the pay is is probably your best bet at doing so. I think also squashing the pandemic uh, would 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 probably considerably help as well. Uh, not putting so many people's lives at uh, potentially at risk, um, and I, you know, I I think uh, as we see, you know, as a, as small businesses are trying to compete with that, because like in theory, if they could all fill those you know those hundred and hundred two hundred and fifty. Uh, 250, 375,000, you know, just between Amazon, Walmart, and Target, uh, 375,000 um, positions, you know, that, that that's a whole lot of jobs that, uh, you know, people um, that are running small businesses are, are, you know, they're all competing against. And I've done some videos about that, uh, what you could do to hire to try to boost your offering, your benefits package, uh, to to enable people to be incentivized to come back and and work. And uh, I also think you know, looking at the culture, I think is really important. Now, I don't personally know much about Kroger. Like I said, we don't have one uh, as far as I know around here. But uh, you know, I, I I do tend to think that the quote unquote culture of opportunity and career with purpose, competitive pay and benefits and flexible schedules all kind of sounds like lip service. Um, but like a marketing, you know, bullet point, I'm curious to see, you know, a year from now, two years from now, like how much of this actually has worked out for the, for these companies to like put together these, these, above and beyond packages for for their employees and if they're actually follow you know following through uh with it i also wonder you know it maybe kroger didn't um let as many employees go uh during the pandemic i i haven't tracked that maybe i should uh, go back and and check that out because they're only hiring twenty thousand associates i say only but comparatively speaking uh, you know, to target Mart, uh, Walmart and uh, Amazon, I I'm curious. Maybe maybe they didn't let as many people go uh, as as some other companies did once uh, the pandemic hit. So because people still need to eat, 
that that is uh very much that is very much a thing uh let's see mukesh m imbani imbani i'm not sure how to say his name and i i or her's name for that matter i uh i i oh i guess it's asia's richest man to launch 7-eleven in india I'm very surprised that uh, the 7-Eleven didn't already exist. I also feel like they could have used a better picture here than this sign that, like, while the sign is fine, it seems like a rusty uh, pole that it's it's sitting on, not, not like, freshly painted or anything. Uh, let's see. First set, store is set to open in uh, Mumbai on Saturday. So it's coming up here in just a couple of days. A uh, company owned by Asia's richest uh, person is set to launch 7-Eleven convenience stores across India. The retail arm, uh, let's see, Mukesh Ambani's Reliance Industries says it will open its first store in Mumbai on Saturday. The announcement of the franchise agreement comes just days after rival Indian retailer Future Group ended its deal with the U.S. chain. Interesting. Uh, the Texas-based 7-Eleven chain has more than 77,000 stores in 18 countries, which, again, I am surprised that it has not already been in India. Uh, in a statement, uh, in the statement, Reliance Retail Ventures said that uh, there will be rapid rollout, in quotes, of 7-Eleven stores in key neighborhoods and commercial areas across the greater Mumbai uh, cluster to start with. India is the second largest country in the world and has one of the fastest growing economies. It's an ideal time for the largest convenience retailer in the world to make our entry into India, said President and Chief Executive Officer of SEI, Joe DePinto. Uh, twenty the twenty nineteen agreement with Future Group was terminated earlier this month as the firm could not meet store opening targets and payment of franchise fees. So I, it sounds like maybe they maybe they already had some stores, uh, or they were planning on doing it and then it never got off the ground. With the turnover of twenty one billion dollars, Reliance uh, Retail Ventures is India's largest and the most profitable retailer in India. Uh, do, 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 do. yeah so I, I i i love the fact that um you know so apparently there was a deal deal falls through somebody's there to pick it up and not only pick it up but is already set to, to open up a store on just in a in a few days here so i don't know when exactly it you know the turnover was but uh it's great to see um People have access to, I mean, convenience stores are great, right? And 7-Eleven, while some love or hate them, I live in Philly, so Wawa is my de facto. We have only a, not many 7-Elevens in our area uh, at all that I know of. And that uh, that convenience of being able to go in and, and get food and, and items and have a level of quality to the 7-Elevens is, or to those convenience stores and in turn, 7-Elevens uh, is awesome for people to get to experience and um, really should help, you know, their economy and the people in that economy have access to, you know, quick food, drinks uh, and and supplies that they that they need. So looking forward to, to hearing more about uh, the success story there going forward. 
Want your business to boom? Make it like George Costanza and do the opposite of normal. Uh, so if you don't know, uh, ever heard of Seinfeld, there was a character, George Costanza, and in one episode he decides he's going to do the opposite of everything because his whole life has been a disaster. So he's like, you know what I need to do? I need to just do the opposite of whatever uh, I you know would think. If I think I, it should be one way, I need to just... Uh, I need to zig instead of zag and go that way. So this, uh, this goes on to say the, the trick is not, uh, the trick is to not just do the opposite, but to be bold and take some smart calculated risks in order to create some new additional profit centers. Uh, I think anybody who has now lived through the pandemic with their business has absolutely had to do so, or they've had to have some severe, you know, some very big cash reserves uh, for a rainy day that is now turning into a rainy year, that's turning into a rainy two years, and potentially another two, one to two years of uncertainty going forward. you know, I, I think it's just a really good reminder that uh, we can't predict what the future is going to hold. And I think that we this, you know, to me, the pandemic has been an opportunity uh, to be mindful uh, and grateful for what we have and the opportunities that we have uh, and and the people around us and what we can do to better ourselves and those opportunities around us. And then, and, and, you know, be super as as one says. So. Uh, let's see. In this case, there was a there was an example that I wanted to pull up. Uh, for example, a spa company in New York called Higher Dose. The secret sauce of this company was that the spas bathed you in infrared light, creating a detoxifying experience unlike any other. Cool, right? Yes, unless a pandemic comes along and forces you to close all your locations all, almost overnight. Now what? The conventional wisdom would it be to close down, take your lumps, wait it out, and hope for the best. But the problem with conventional wisdom is that it is, well, conventional. Instead, owner-entrepreneur Katie Capps uh, decided to do the opposite. She leaned into e-commerce, an area high do- higher dose had barely touched previously and started selling infrared blankets as at the, at a time when everyone was home and needing comforting. uh, This new product became a big hit as a result. These days, the, while the spas are open, once again, higher dose is rocking it at uh, just as much uh, with an additional profit center e-commerce doing the opposite can work. It worked for higher dose and it can work for you. It's time to uh to boom your business don't you think yeah i you always i mean we talk about this on this channel all the time you need to find other opportunities that make sense that tie in with your current target audience that they you know they're already buying this they might want to buy this as well do some questioning you know, find out what your customers want. What's the pain points that they have? They're already trusting you, right? Trust is is the hardest thing to gain. So go th- going forward, think about these kinds of things where it's like, what can I do to take that next step with that customer, right? What is the next problem? Now, some people might come off and, and think that that comes from like a place of weakness or that a place of, you know, uncertainty. But the reality is, is your customers that trust you probably like you because they trust you and they want to see you succeed. So they want you to take that next step and they want you to figure out what else can I do to provide 
for my customers. So that doesn't necessarily mean being a, a, a one-all, you know, the next Walmart, but it does, or next, you know, Amazon. But what it does mean is that they trust you um, in a certain area of their life or in their business, and you can look for what the next problem that they have is like, hey, we have the solution. And I think, you know, stepping into e-commerce, if you aren't familiar with e-commerce, it can be very daunting. I probably should do a, uh, a course here uh, at some point talking about what we can, you know, how you can take those steps from transitioning your business into e-commerce, uh, what's some of the easiest ways, what's some of the cheapest ways or inexpensive ways, I should say, to do so. And uh, I, so I, if I, if I should do a video like that, make sure you, you drop a like down below in this video and I'll, uh, and I'll look at doing that. But yeah, you need to always be looking at one, two, three steps ahead and say, okay, I don't know anything about e-commerce, but I can start to learn now. And that'll change the, you know, into another profit center going forward. Everyone, I appreciate you watching and listening to the entrepreneurs. It's always a pleasure to be here today. I'm looking forward to next, uh, to, to Friday, tomorrow, because tomorrow will be new Shark Tank season 13 day. I will have uh, all four pitches up uh, probably between 10 and 11 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We have more Undercover Billionaire coming down the pike, uh, as well as more past seasons of Shark Tank reaction videos coming down the pike. So uh, I look forward to to seeing all of you uh, in in with you know uh, in the premieres of those. So make sure you if you if you catch a premiere, I'm probably watching uh, and chatting along with you, and I. I just enjoy uh, the super community and everybody that gets involved and adds their input. And uh, it's just, it's just, it, it's really great to be able to serve you. So I hope you have an amazing day. I will see you in the next video, which I'm going to start putting them over here. Go, go check one of those out. <laughs>